How can we ignore that significant efforts to Christianize us were in fact efforts to westernize us? When we should have been learning how to be Christians as Africans, we were being taught how to be Christians like Westerners. Hi, my name is Mary Kamau. Welcome to this episode of On My Mind. I am African and I am weary. Strive Masii does a news interview about the vaccine politics they have dealt with trying to procure vaccines for the African continent. It's painful to watch and listen to, but I'm not surprised. How can I be when at the onset of the pandemic they were asking why we are not dying, as though their casualties were a cosmic mistake and death should have come for us instead? Our nations and governments are perpetually termed as corrupt, disorganized, and unstable. Never mind the source of the disorder and instability is carefully crafted from the Without, not within. Chaos is good for business when you're on the right side of the negotiation table. The kind of table made to ensure that we remain third world countries and they continue to soar on the back of our resources and our labor. The scramble and partition of Africa persists. Only these days it comes packaged in far more sophisticated ways. They called us the dark continent, supposedly because we were a mysterious continent just waiting to be discovered. I think back to the history I was taught in school. It spoke of many a grand explorer and their great exploits in discovering this so-called dark continent. There was little or no mention of the African tribes who lived right next to the renowned landmarks they discovered and had a rich history of them dating centuries back. The words of Chinua Achebe ring true. Until the lions have their own historians, the history of the hunt will always glorify the hunter. I'm reading a novel when the author mentions the Kiswahili language. I sit up in all my Kenyanness eager to see what comes next. However, what follows is a character speaking gibberish. I actually take the time to Google the words to see if there are different African language altogether. Nothing I find indicates so. Why bother talking about a real language spoken by real people if you won't take the time to use real words that belong to that language? Would I get away with speaking about a Western language as an African author and then proceeding to quote nonsense? Don't get me started on all the movies and series where some fictional African nation needs to be saved by a Western nation yet again. Or the ridiculous captions that are passed off as subtitles for our languages. There's generally a fair amount of inaccuracy in the world of subtitles, but when it comes to African languages, the gravity of error can quickly go from comical to insulting. A frustrated African in the diaspora tweets about yet another butchering of their African name, followed by a flippant comment made about how difficult our names are to pronounce. This wary African asks a question that echoes in my mind to date. To paraphrase, how is it that you can perfectly pronounce Beethoven, Bach, and Monet, yet they are foreign to you too? It's not that our names are difficult to pronounce. You simply don't deem them important enough to learn how to say them correctly. According to a 2011 World Bank, an African Development Bank report, there were 650 million mobile phone users in Africa at the time, surpassing those in USA or Europe. A decade later, the autocorrect function on my phone still insists on changing the African names of my loved ones to random English words. I can't even quip in Kiswahili on text without wanting to hurl my phone across the room. My money must be good enough to meet quarterly sales targets, but my patronage as an African doesn't seem important enough to invest what is required to allow me to communicate in my 
language. A good number of Africans grew up speaking two to three languages, many even more. But when that same African speaks English with an accent influenced by their mother tongue, they're thought to be undereducated and borderline illiterate. God knew better than to make me a renowned Kenyan athlete. I would do my interviews in Kikuyu and good luck to them as they find an interpreter. Why shouldn't I? Don't other athletes comfortably conduct their business in their mother tongue? In any case, Ngogi Wathyongo gave an acceptance speech for an award he won in Kikuyu. He's an author, so am I. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Someone else on these social media streets asks why we are immigrants when we go abroad and they are expatriates when they come to Africa. To this day, I have found no answer. I am African and I am weary, but I'm also Christian and this gives me hope. There are those that dismiss Christianity as a white man's religion. I don't agree with the sentiment, but I can acknowledge its source. How can I not when we still talk about having Christian names to mean having Western names? As though there is no Christianity to be found in our African names. What good does it do us to amp up the evangelistic efforts of missionaries on our continent centuries ago without acknowledging the terrible damage incurred in the process? How can we ignore that significant efforts to Christianize us were in fact efforts to westernize us? When we should have been learning how to be Christians as Africans, we were being taught how to be Christians like Westerners. I am fast Christian before I am African. It's not a denial or erasure of my heritage. It's giving my African identity its rightful position at the feet of Jesus. I am first defined by Christ before I am defined by my African heritage. It is only with the mind of Christ that I can find the true nature of my African identity. After all, it is God who made me African. In his image and likeness, African. The color of my skin and the texture of my hair does not diminish how much of him is in me. I am African. I am weary, but I'm also incredibly hopeful that the Lord our God who made us all in his image would equalize his skills, more so the skills that exist in our minds. It's easy to blame them for all our African woes. But how many times have they been Africans like you and me? How many times have we been the ones to diminish each other for the very things we claim to be proud of? How many times have we sold our birthright because we never took the time to understand or build its value? How many times have we stepped on and kicked down our fellow Africans on our way to the top because we held on to the lie that there is only room for one African at the top? Yes, much needs to change. But I think a lot of that change has to begin with us, with you and me, with our understanding of what it means to be African from God's perspective. Only then can we be the Africans he created us to be. Only then can we play our integral role in our nations and in the global body of Christ, not as beggars who know not where their next meal will come from, but as co-heirs who know their place in the kingdom of God and are secure in it. I am African, Proudly so, and I'm determined to do my part to see this beautiful continent flourish as God always intended it to. Thanks for joining me today. Check out the other episodes and subscribe to get notifications of new ones. See you on the next one.